if you can have people that now, because they they understand this practice of gratitude, that they can have a better relationship with their spouse, with their kids, with the other people in their life, then they're bringing that happier, more grateful person into the workplace. So it really is this whole cycle that we can impact the entire organization with things that take very little time, cost very little money, and impact our whole lives. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. Celebrating holidays with family and friends is a great way to put everything into perspective and to simply be grateful for everything we have. But now that it's January, you might be wondering what you can do to make this feeling of gratitude last. Today's guest has some ideas, noted international award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and sought-after gratitude strategies expert Lisa Ryan has been working with business leaders across a variety of industries for more than 20 years. She's president and founder of Gratigy, a Cleveland-based firm that specializes in employee engagement, retention, and recognition using gratitude strategies for personal and professional development. Today, she is going to tell us how we can improve our life vision with 2020 Gratitude. Welcome to Unsuitable, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, I love it. Um, Love the topic. And uh, I think it's something that we should all certainly do more of. So tell me a little bit about how you got into gratitude and how that resonated with you. Okay. It actually started in 2009. I went to one of those four-day motivational speaker seminars, and there was a firewalk involved, so Uh it was very powerful. And as my friends and I were driving home from Chicago, we were were pretty jacked up. You might actually say that we were fired up. (laughs) And so, because we knew that we've gone to so many of these kind of programs in the past, and then, you know, life kind of slaps you upside the head, and all of that stuff goes out the window. So we were trying to think of, well, how are we going to keep that energy going? Right. And so we thought, well, let's open up a Facebook thread because, of course, it was 2009 and that was the cool thing to do. (laughs) So we opened up a Facebook thread and we shared people we met, experiences that we had, things that we learned. And then one of my friends said, well, why don't we write down three things that we're grateful for? I think he might have seen it on Oprah or something. Right. And we did that every day. We held each other accountable, and it was that practice that really changed everything. Okay. Um, When I was doing this practice, and I went in with no expectations whatsoever, but I was in medical sales at the time, and customers that I hadn't talked to for months were calling me and saying, hey, can you come in and sell us some stuff? And I'm like, I will be right there. Thank you very much. I noticed the difference from my husband, who was becoming more verbally appreciative. It was like all of these things were happening, and the only thing that I had changed was this practice of gratitude. Really? So it was at that moment that I really knew that that was the message that I was supposed to bring, and I've been doing it ever since. Okay. Now, we were talking at lunch. You had obviously quite a varied career in dealing with, you said, I think, you know, even welding company, medical technology, all kinds of different things. So you find that obviously it resonates across any platform that that you're involved with. 
Well, when I first started talking about gratitude, again, it was in 2009, so we weren't really looking at that soft skill type of thing. Yeah. But we were talking about employee engagement. Okay. And I've worked for enough companies. I've dealt with enough customers and clients in my career that I knew that gratitude works. And so be able to show the numbers behind it, the increased productivity, the profitability, all of that. But more importantly, it's the relationships that we have. It's letting people know how much we appreciate them, not taking it for, not assuming that people know how we feel. And so the nice thing about it is it works just as well in your personal life as it does for business. And frankly, if we're not getting it personally, if we're not taking this into our heart and starting there, then it makes no difference for business. Right. Great point, because obviously that impacts your your attitude through the workday and, and all of that. And people notice that and it filters through the culture of, of your place of business and everything else. So how do you do you start at the top of an organization when when you're trying to instill this kind of attitude or do you start from the bottom up? And, and work with, you know, the the associate base and then move it up from there? You know, I really do both. Okay. But unless it starts at the top of the organization, then the efforts can be futile. Because if it's just one more thing that management is trying to do this gratitude thing mm-hmm. or they're sending all of their employees to it, um, a really good example was a couple years ago, I was uh, working with a manufacturing plant. And I had, was doing five 75-minute programs. I okay. did four for the employees and one for the lead, for the managers. This was a union shop. Okay. So imagine it's 5.30 in the morning, and the whole group of guys is looking at me like, what's this girl going to teach us? Right. <laughs> but, the very, but the second question after they asked that is, does management have to go through this too? Mm. Because when you're changing the conversation in a culture— It's nice to do. I love doing leadership retreats. I love working with leaders. But then when you bring in the hourly employees, the rest of the the team that's in there, now everybody is having that same conversation. And now they understand why their boss is all of a sudden saying thank you to them and why their boss is catching them doing things right. But for the people who are not in leadership, if you can have people that now, because they they understand this practice of gratitude, that they can have a better relationship with their spouse, with their kids, with the other people in their life, then they're bringing that happier, more grateful person into the workplace. Sure. So it really is this whole cycle that we can impact the entire organization with things that take very little time, cost very little money, and impact our whole lives. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's just so awesome because it does. It just... You know, it certainly makes everybody feel better. You get more acceptance. You just, you feel more a sense of accomplishment as well. I mean, all through the culture. I've, we've all, I think, been in places where that doesn't exist and you notice that right away right. when you walk into that place of business. Oh, I tell my audiences this all the time. It's like you can feel culture when you work into walk into a business, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a hospital, you can tell from the moment you walk in that door if the employees love what they do or if that workplace is just horrible. Yeah, totally. And and we were talking about this at lunch too, even though I'm not a fan of Disney personally, I do appreciate their culture because I know when you when you go there, you you feel it. 
and and it resonates with people, obviously. Right. You know, right. and they've obviously instilled that through through their organization to their credit. Right. And and now and Disney, you have companies that are the extreme that that do that to create that type of culture, but any business with any level of money, with any level of employees working there, any business just by starting to catch people doing things right and really looking, again, we go back to the heart, being specific as far as what is it that you did that I'm grateful for to you instead of just, hey, thanks. You know, uh, it's that human connection um, earlier this year, I spoke at an IoT conference, an okay. Internet of Things conference. Okay. Honestly, I don't even know what the Internet of Things is, <laughs> but they had me speaking there because it was a reminder that no matter how much technology you bring into a business, it still comes down to basic human connection. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to be reminded of. There's always a person behind that, whether it be a person who works for you, whether it be one of your clients, your customers, people on the street sure. that that see you as a representative of your business. Yeah. So if if I'm a business owner and I want to try to implement something like this. You, you talked about you getting started personally. You kind of had three things. Is there are there some best practices that that you would suggest to try to implement uh, a program like this, or how you know how do you turn that on, so to speak? You know, it's an interesting question because I hate it to be a program because program seems like it has a definite start date and at some point it's going to fade yeah. away and and go off into the oblivion. So. It, it starts with, first of all, coming to that understanding of what, um, of how to create that culture and being okay. committed to it. As we were talking at lunch, I have two main programs that I do, and I'm an acronym girl, so there's, there's show and there's thanks. Mm-hmm. So in the workplace for the hourly employees or for general audiences, we look at gratitude from the aspect of the self, which is the S. How does it change our perspective? Because when we can focus on looking for the good, we can find it. There's way too many times that people say, well, you know, I, I'm only going to do gratitude if I won the lottery or I got a new job right. or, you know, something big happened. But if you can look at the fact that, you know, I have running water, flushing toilets, you know, right. <laughs> I have my cat Tinkerbell greeting me at the door every day. <laughs> the, the little things that when we can get into the habit, that starts to form that habit and it changes our perspective. Okay. So the H is the health benefits. Okay. And they've changed it for, they've looked at it for stress level, for your heart, your immune system. It works. I believe that. The O, relationship with others. Mm -hmm. Again, there's people everywhere. How can we be grateful for them? And then the W being, how do we take that into the workplace? Okay. So then when we're walking with managers, then that thanks process is building trust. Sure. Helping your employees to be better tomorrow than they are today. Acknowledging their efforts. Navigating work-life integration. Getting to know your employees and serving a greater mission. So when we can put those together and commit to it over time that we're not, it's not going to be like flavor of the week. Oh, we'll just try this. And it, oh, it didn't work in two weeks. That didn't work. Right. No, it's this commitment that we do because it's part of us. Yeah. I know our firm very much is a believer in that. We have what's called the Ray way and, and, you know, you have to live and breathe that every day. So it's, a, it's, I think you make a great point. You have to build that into your habits every day. So it's getting that 
type of thinking and that mentality into your habits. Right. Um, are there are there some best practices and, and tips you might give? Like a is a journal type of thing. Is that work for people, or what? What do you find resonates with with people to build their habits in in that regard? Well, from a personal standpoint, I'm a big proponent of the gratitude journal. Okay. And, and so I was talking about tell it. Tell me, what, yeah, what, what's yeah, that? I was talking about it one program, and this woman totally got in my face. She's like, what do I need to give up to add one more thing to my already full plate? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, take a breath. It's okay. <laughs> have like, have a glass know. of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's 8 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. But, but it, I'm like, you give up, I don't know, a minute of sleep. Right. It's five sentences that when I wake up in the morning, I write down, you know, what I'm grateful for. And when writing the words, I am grateful for. And a lot of times I will the nice thing about the morning is that I can be grateful in advance. For example, this morning I wrote down, I'm so grateful that I rocked the interview today. Nice. <laughs> so it sets a positive expectation. Um, the evening journal, which I go, you know, sometimes I'm really faithful to it, other times not so much, but that's looking back on the day okay. and finding five good things. And even after a totally horrific day, the thing is that when you focus on that good, you can still always find it. That can be the more difficult of the two journals okay. to do, but it's literally a minute, two minutes. Right. We do that personally. In the workplace, we can do different ways of doing that. I had a golf course I was working with and the owner actually put a ledger by the time clock. So the employees would punch in and then they would write down something that they were grateful for in the ledger. Wow. Okay. I had a manufacturing plant that made plastic and they created this um, clear plastic box and at their meetings, they would choose three or four of their employees. Everybody would write down something they were grateful for on a piece of paper, and they would choose three or four of their employees to put it in that box. And so as the year progressed, they physically saw the gratitudes growing as that box filled. And then at the end of the year, they would go through and they would celebrate those wins. Wow. So depending on what your culture is, um, there, there's lots of ways. I've had people that have done gratitude bulletin boards. They provide thank you notes. They provide kudos cards where the, you catch people in the act of yeah. doing things well. You look at it from the perspective of your culture, but by the same token, if you're saying, my people aren't going to do that, they're going to think it's stupid. Right. I promise you, if you commit to the process, not only will people like it, but they'll look forward to it because they're so few times that we focus on the positives in the workplace. We're really always, what's broken? You know, an right. accounting firm, you know, sure. it's like, oh, the numbers aren't off. What? Yeah. And we're always focusing on what's broken where th when things are going smoothly, we're like, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Why should right. we thank you for that? You know? Yeah. But when you do, it makes it magical. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a, a great mentality to have. Uh, now, do you find repeat uh, clients of yours, in other words, those that bring you back, say, uh, on a on a regular basis, every year or whatever it is. Do you find how do you find those differences over time with with um, relationships that you've had uh, over a long period of time versus ones that are newly trying to adopt these these habits and this culture? You know, it, it's such a process that I don't think that people realize the changes until when I come back the following year. Okay. Um, I worked with one leadership team 
a couple years ago. They had me back this year. And this time, the owner, the president of the company was there. He had he did not make it the year before. And so his attitude was kind of like, well, what have we actually done with this stuff uh, that we have okay. it back? Yeah. And they started just one after another. Well, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> the best <laughs> reference you could have, right? <laughs> exactly. Because it was just these little things that they were doing that was starting to make a difference and changing that culture. And that's what they were looking for. Okay. Do you find any businesses in particular that that are uh, more challenging to work with in, in terms of this? Or, I mean, obviously it can apply to, to any business, but, you know, some, some industries are certainly different than others in, in terms of, you know, acceptance or, or culture, things like that. It's not so much the the business, uh, the industry, mm-hmm. as it is individual businesses. Okay. When I uh, do a keynote and somebody comes to me after the program and says, oh my goodness, my company really needs you. I know there's not a chance in <laughs> that they are going to hire me because the ones that the companies that really quote need me yeah. are actually the least likely to make the investment to do so. Mm. It's the companies that are already doing things well and want to take it to the next step and do better. Makes so sense. when you have that foundation, a lot of times I'll have employees that's like, oh, my boss just doesn't know. They tell me these horror stories. And my response to them is, number one, life is too short to be this miserable. Right. But sometimes we have to make that decision that we don't tolerate that type of culture. And then you look at it in a in a marketplace where it's already hard enough to find people. Right. And now you're losing people because your culture is terrible or you have that one toxic, horrible employee that's causing people to leave. And when you think about that, you know, that toxic, horrible person is causing people to leave. Who leaves? Your best employees or your worst employees? Right. And so now it just kind of, the culture is feeding on itself. So we have to start at the top. We have to have that level of commitment. And frankly, for the managers who don't get it, that's like, why should I thank my people for doing their job? I mean, that's what they get a paycheck for. Right. They shouldn't be allowed to have the privilege of serving in a leadership capacity. Yeah, I agree. Because culture comes from everyone. And it's saying, thank you. It's saying, I appreciate you. It's saying, you're making a difference in our organization. Thank you for being part of it. Because now, instead of me just working for a paycheck, I'm giving you my heart and and bringing that to the company. And that's really what we're looking for. And you talk, you know, and and there's different ways. We talked about this uh, as well to to phrase it so that it it resonates because not everybody understands sort of the same language or same terms. So you you talked about changing that that to employee engagement and kind of using that type of language more. So talk about that evolution a little bit. Well, and the funny thing is is that managers care about employee engagement. Employees don't care about engagement because to them it's another program, it's another check mark, it's one more flavor of the week that somebody right. went to a seminar and learned about last week. But employees do want to be engaged. So when we look at engage as a verb, because management oftentimes looks at it as a noun, 
Good point. But we turn it around and we take action on that. And a lot of times it's asking our employees, what do you want? Yeah. You know, how can we create the experience for you that you need? And you're thinking, oh, if I ask my employees that, they're going to want to work an hour a week and make $50,000 a year more and do all this. It's not true. You're surprised. What they want is so little compared to what you think they're going to ask, but now they feel a connection because you take the time to get to know them and you actually care. Imagine that. I want to work for somebody who cares about me. Right. It was funny. I was at uh, a client earlier this week and um, they they have a new person in their accounting staff. And so we were engaging with her a little bit just to try to to get to know her. And said, well, why did you leave where you were before? Because it had at least reputationally, as a well-performing company, knowing nothing about their culture. And she said, well, I have to tell you a story that the owner was a dog lover, and and that's fine. I mean, I love dogs too, but he took it to the extreme and asked some folks on the accounting staff to change the diaper on his dogs regularly because he was too busy. <laughs> and, and and they, you know, tried to allude to the fact how this was inappropriate to him and he just he couldn't see it. Wow. You know, and, and so for them what they wanted was as simple as don't ask me to change the diaper on your dog. <laughs> Right? Like, really? That's where we are? Wow. If, so, I, if I would go to you, like we had the conversation at last, I've never changed a diaper in my life on a child, <laughs> much less a dog. I don't think I'd be going there. Because people don't leave their companies, they leave their bosses. Right. And obviously, that's what that one, yeah, they go scooting out the doors. <laughs> <Yeah>. Scooting. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, you just never know what you see. And people sometimes, I guess, are so um, maybe, uh, you know, I hate to use the term, but oblivious. And you just think, well, how how does anybody think that's that's normal? But I guess unless you, again, unless you're actually engaging in a verb sense with your employees and understanding what everybody wants out of their their workplace and their workday, you're never going to know, right? Right. So. And it's, it, it's so little. I have a friend of mine that works for a company, and on paper, they're doing everything well. You know, they bring in lunches for the plant. They take them to amusement parks. They have parties. They give them yeah. bonuses. Sounds great. <laughs> but the day-to-day, my friend comes home and just depressed uh. because he's like, I work so hard and I never get acknowledged for anything I do. Everything's Mm. wrong. Everything needs to be fixed. You know, all the picking out the little things where, again, like you said, on paper, the company has a great reputation or you think that um, it it must be a great place to work. Oh, they must appreciate you all. But it's it's our day-to-day interactions. It's every moment that we interact with somebody, we can either make their day with a positive moment or we could destroy that relationship with yeah. a negative moment. Yeah. And, and when you have that ne- those negative moments, it's it's hard to turn that around too. I think mm-hmm. it, we all tend to, that, that stuff kind of sticks with us, you know, um, right or wrong. I think that's just a little bit of human nature. Yeah. So I know you've been all over the world in different speaking engagements and, and things like that. Where's where's been your your favorite place that you've you've visited uh, thus far? Oh man, I you know I go to these different resorts around the country, and I just I'm so blessed. 
being able to do what I do because sometimes I walk into this place goes, wow, people pay lots of money to stay here and not only am I not paying, I'm getting paid to be here. This is awesome. <laughs> but I think my favorite trip was earlier this year when I spoke in Puerto Rico mm. and I was able, number one, I turned it into a vacation with my husband afterwards. But Scott wasn't coming in for a couple days. I'm like, what am I going to do by myself for five days in Puerto Rico? So I called my mother and I was actually able to, first of all, call and ask the client like, hi, can I bring my mom with me? <laughs> I love <laughs> but it. But I will tell you, because my mom's in Atlanta. And so I make good deals to speak in Atlanta because that's corporate sponsored family time. There you go. But. People love when mom's in the audience because I share one story about her and I will say, and if you doubt it, you know, there she is, ask her. Because when I was an executive recruiter, I like to say that I'm one of the few people on the planet who can actually say they sold their mother. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now, I got to hear this one. <laughs> now, I placed her in a job and mom actually hated this job. Nice. But I said, mother, you have got to stay there at least 90 days because I have a guarantee and I can't afford to give back the commission I made on you. So oh, you know, thankfully, great. mom was there for two and a half years and you know she didn't disown me. But when she's, that that story kills on its own. Oh, but yeah. when mother is in the audience and I can point to her and say, wave, mom, it's like they just love it. So <laughs> there's <sinks>. something special. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that that's the thing is being able to do what I love in beautiful places, seeing the country, seeing the world, mm. but also spending time, like being able to take my mom to places. Or I just spoke in New Orleans and um, I, my husband joined me. And we, he, he's never been to New Orleans before, so I got to see it through his eyes. And we went to the World War II Museum, which was like his goal in life. That's great. So, yeah, good yeah. For I'm you. just very. I don't know if I, there's there's favorite parts of each trip, but it's just everything's a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. So, one one last question: Do you obviously this can work with any type of business, but do you have? Uh, a sweet spot that you find that that you like to work with in terms of company size, particularly, uh, you know, fifty employees, hundred or five hundred. What 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 do you get the most satisfaction from? Well, you know, I've done a lot in finance. I've done a lot in long term care, and I I love that audience because these are just angels on earth that are giving so much to people and not giving themselves the gift of that self care. I really focus a lot on manufacturing because okay. I spent, you know, 13 years in industrial sales, including that seven years in the welding industry. And yes, I do weld. And I think changing the conversation and giving people permission in these primarily male-dominated industries that it's okay. It's not a soft skill to say thank you. It's an essential skill that's going to help you to attract and retain your talent and preventing your employees from becoming someone else's. Yeah, that is awesome. I think that's that's just a, a fantastic way to to look at things. And yes. uh, I just I applaud what you do, and and I think so many businesses could use use that type of guidance and just to uh, you know take a look at at how they do things and why they do things. Right. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's been great to have you on. If you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. 
The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 